Welcome to The Marvelous Gospel, a podcast where we examine our favorite movies through a biblical, theological, and redemptive perspective. I am Frank Gill, and I'm here with one of my Howling Commandos, Tommy Hutchinson. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. Listen, um, this is the first podcast we've recorded since we have gone live with the podcast. So, like, you've probably, there's probably, like, already like five episodes that you've that have already been in the list since since this episode. So this is the first time we've gotten feedback. And it's like with any kind of creative endeavor, like you make it and then you're like, I hope people like it or whatever. <laughs> but it's been cool, man. Like I you told me that you were able to talk to some people at church. I've been getting some text messages from folks. It's it's been fun. Yeah, I actually had a guy who I haven't talked to in years who I used I was an intern for a year at a at a youth ministry and he was one of the youth sponsors. And he straight up goes, Theology and Marvel? Have I died and gone to heaven? And I, I was just like, well, Jared, you know, you've made it one way or another. But it was just cool. So, Jared, if you're listening, there's your shout out. Um, but no, it was, it's been good. It was cool. Like several people I was talking to this weekend at church came up and said hi. They wanted to talk about it. Um, the, one of the common themes I got from people is we were way, way, way too harsh on Hulk. Um, let me just yeah. say for the record, that movie was terrible. Like I, I don't like I I like I thought I was going light. Um, I went back and re-listened to the episode, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think it was as bad as we portrayed it. Um, but no, it's it's just been fun. Just even the conversations that have been coming out of it, and it's been cool. Like my wife and I actually are like, oh, instead of having the show phobia where we don't know what the next show is to watch, we're like, hey, we got date night playing this week. We're watching Captain America. Yeah. We're watching the Avengers. We're watching. So it's actually been really fun. And my wife hasn't actually seen most of these. And sure. so it's been cool to like rewatch it with her. But yeah, it's been it's just been it's been fun to do. And thanks for y'all feedback. Let me just say that this has been a part of this is to spark a conversation. So yeah, we, we yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, people have given me feedback, and uh, and if you thought our our criticism of Hulk was bad, then you probably already heard our criticism on Thor. <laughs> and so <laughs> so we promise to be. Um, I, I don't actually I don't want to change the way we're doing criticism because I want to be honest with how we feel with the movies. Uh, because Thor 2 is still coming up. Um, and I know people have beef. And I actually, like, I just rewatched, I don't know, I rewatched this, like, independently of this podcast. I just rewatched Black Widow, and everyone has such a criticism for it. I don't. I think it's a great movie. <laughs> like, I don't, people are, like, unnecessarily harsh with that movie. Anyways, we'll talk more about Black Widow when we get to Black Widow uh, a long time from now, which, by the way, uh, just so we're on, on the same page. We're going through every single movie in the MCU, and when we get to the shows, we'll talk about the shows, and it's we're going to get this out every other week. So if you haven't figured out the rhythm, we're doing it every other week, and the reason why we're doing that is so that you have plenty of time to watch the next movie before you get to it. Now, if you've already seen the movies and you don't care about rewatching it, that's fine, but some of you guys have chosen to make this podcast the means in which you rewatch the entire MCU. And that's great. And we want to give you plenty of time. We, me and Tommy have already scheduled out every single thing. So we have episodes coming out for a long time, Lord willing. And um, we're super stoked about it. So it's great. We, we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Captain America, the first Avenger. How was it rewatching this for you? I am so glad we finally watched a good movie. That, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> like, I I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, yeah. I actually watched the first half of it during my kids' nap time in the afternoon, and they woke sure. up, and I couldn't remember what exactly was coming. And I have a six and a four and a two year old, 
So I was like, okay, I should probably pause and wait to last watch the second half of this. So I had like this anticipation watching the second half that was actually really fun, almost reliving that. And there was some good banter my wife and I had going back and forth while watching it. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know. What did you, what did you think? I really enjoyed this one. I think it was good. I, I have um, something in my observations I want to I want to share that I think there's a reason why people really love this iteration of Captain America. Like I think there's a specific reason why Chris uh, Chris Evans Captain America has really like um, resonated with people, and so I have a specific reason for that. Um, I enjoyed it. You're right. It's it, it's a good movie. It's not even the best Captain America movie. I think Winter Soldier is actually better. But it's such a it's such a good movie. Um, let me uh, kind of talk about who directed it, who started it, give you a synopsis. Tell me how I did that synopsis, and then we'll do our quick observations, and then we'll dive into the meat of this. So, this movie, Captain America: The First Avenger, is directed by Joe Johnston, and you know who you know who else Joe Johnston um, directed? Indiana no. Jones, like the nineteen really? eighties. Yeah, like he's a kind of like a prolific uh, director. Um. And it stars Chris Evans, Hugo Weaving, Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, Stanley Tucci, and Tommy Lee Jones. There was enough. There's a lot, a couple more big name actors. I wanted to make sure I mentioned them. And and there's some good stuff in here. So here's the synopsis. During World War II, Steve Rogers wants to join the military to fight for his country, but the armed forces keep rejecting him because of his size and his ailments. Steve go. Steve gets the opportunity to join the war effort when he gets selected into the super soldier program that ultimately turns him into the Captain America. Captain America uncovers a secret Nazi organization called Hydra and is determined to defeat their leader, the Red Skull. How did I do? Dude, that nails it. That absolutely nails it. And I especially like, I went back and I forgot about the Red Skull. Kind of, yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm glad they gave him a cameo performance later, later with, yeah. with, with, with the stones and stuff. But yeah, I thought it was well done. Um, actually seeing some of these characters, I'm just going to say this one. Did you catch one of the first lines that Captain America said? What did you say? catch this? He what? says, I could do this all day. Oh yeah. Like, of course. He's giving, but, and I'm like, I literally in my brain, I wanted to pause it and Hawkeye spoiler. I could do this all day. Like desperately <laughs> wanted to start singing. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I apologize yeah. for your ears to all of you who I just blew out your head. I love anyways, it. I love it. I just, I um, literally was laughing out loud, but I don't know. I thought your synopsis was great. I thought it was good. Did you have some stuff that you saw that like were just cool little points or cameo stuff? Sure. Sure. So I just have two things. One is, uh, uh, I think there's a reason why Captain America really resonates with people. And I think it's because if you think of there, there, there's no cynicism in this movie and Captain America is so unlike every other hero. I mean, the only other superhero I think could be equated to Steve Rogers would be T'Challa's Black Panther uh, in terms of just like how good of a dude he is. You know what I'm saying? Um I mean, Hulk is a broken hero, right? Like, he can't control his power. Thor and Iron Man are arrogant. Black Widow fights from a place of guilt. But Captain America is trying to do the right thing, even when no one's watching. Like, he, there, there is this, like, wholesomeness that I think is really it, – it really draws people to this character. And um, I think this is also kind of the same reason why Ted Lasso is such a popular TV show right now. Because mm. it's like, unlike everything else – like 
TV and movies are so cynical and so like we want the dark anti-hero and we want mm-hmm. the character flaws and stuff like that. But like to have a character like Steve Rogers is so refreshing and different that I think people like really love it. Now, let me say this. Ted Lasso is a very hard R TV show. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endorsing it, but, uh, but like uh, there is the actual character. Ted Lasso is like the most wholesome. He's like what we like. He's just a super wholesome dude. And I think that's why Ted Lasso is such like a really like fond TV show right now. And I think that's why Captain America is at least this specific movie too is so like beloved by people. Well, and even Ted Lasso itself, which is a great watch if you do with it. Like we talk about how things impact you. We, we yeah. don't realize how like the, like there is a major philosophy in that show alone mm. where in that show, like he's so overwhelmingly positive. Nothing can be negative. <laughs> and you're like right. that philosophy actually isn't even biblical. And so there's this <laughs> <Right>. whole concept. <laughs> but, dude, some of the best one liners of TV shows. Yeah. Like, I mean, it rivals The Office in terms of one liners. Yeah. But um, and that's my point is anyway. it's so it's so distinct from the office where the office is a show full of cynicism. It's a show full of like the boss sucks. Everyone's a character. Everyone's like bad and like you know some kind of error in one way. Where like Ted Lasso, it shows like what could be good in humanity. I don't know. That's this is not a Ted Lasso podcast. This is about <laughs> Captain America. Here's one other thing I want to um, mention about what I think is interesting about this movie. Avengers have been political since day one. Like from Iron Man, when we first see Iron Man, that is a commentary on the military industrial complex. It's a commentary on like how we like have this need to constantly be in war and have these big weapons. And and I just know that like a lot of people have criticized Falcon and Winter Soldier for being woke or whatever. And then like People didn't like Captain Marvel because they thought it was too feminist. And I will say that, like, in Endgame, if you remember the scene when all the women were like, don't worry, Peter Parker, we got this. And all the women were like, like, yeah, that's a little cliche, like a little, like, on the nose of, like, oh, you know, female empowerment or whatever. And, like, I actually don't mind it. Like, it's like, like there needs to be a moment where, like, there needs to be more female heroes. And it looks like Marvel is actually going in a direction where they're getting more female heroes. But, like. We can't pretend that like Marvel has been apolitical because a in the MCU they've been political this entire time. I mean, and this goes to the point of this podcast. Like every movie has an agenda, and it's trying to portray that agenda. And I think you know this movie is like it's about America fighting Nazis. Like they 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 name drop Hitler, and it goes to the comics where the iconic comic book is. Uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, punching Hitler in the face, and it and and Marvel, and I mean, this is how meta gets the actual comics, the Marvel comics of Captain America was used as political propaganda for the war. So all that to say is this: is like, man, it. To, I get kind of frustrated when people bring outside commentary of like their own politics or whatever into movies. And then they like that's the reason why they don't like or do like something. Like let the movie stand on its merits by itself. But like Fal- if you thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was woke or whatever, which I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is a phenomenal TV show. Yeah. Um uh dude, it's it was way before that. Way before Captain Marvel, way before Black Panther. Marvel has been making political commentaries, and I think it, it it's uh it's present. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, it's very present. Well- 
Well, and we, we even talked, like, we went, I went back and forth with you, like, should we talk about Christian nationalism or not, which is such a hot topic right now in conversations. And um, I mean, actually, I've had conversations with people in our church over that sure. issue, uh, which I, we, I think is not something we're going to talk about in this podcast, because I think there are other ones coming up in the movies where we might have more opportunity. And if I'm real, I just need more time to really dive into it before <laughs> feeling like having a confident conversation on it. Um, but yeah, no, I thought, I thought absolutely. And it was just, it, it, I thought from that vantage point, it fit 1942 very well. I'll just say that uh, they yeah. did a great job oh, in, yeah. in making you feel like you were in that day, that age where do you want to serve your country by a bond? Like, I mean, it was yeah. just like, that was so prevalent and so real. I yeah. thought actually the way Marvel, this is what actually I think made this Marvel movie better than the last ones is they were willing to touch on that topic and not feel forced. They were even saying, Hey, this is what it was like. And they were dealing with yeah. an issue, but yeah, that was good. Um, well, I mean, you, you're in a time where like everyone hated Hitler. <laughs> like this is a, yeah. this wasn't a controversial question. I mean, I actually did hear, I was re I was watching a video about it. Someone said that they did it, that Marvel got heat during the comics, when the comics were coming out, from Nazi sympathizers who also didn't want America to be in World War II. And mm. they got heat for that. I mean, this is back in the comics. I mean, I, 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 the movie, you're right. The movie was excellent because it was able to be on the nose with the climate of the 1940s, um, but still have like a commentary of what this means for us today. But yeah. it's pretty great when... Everyone hates Hitler. So like there's no like there's no gray area on like, oh, should we really be killing should we really be, you know, fighting Nazis here? Like even yeah. even when uh Erkstein was like, um, do you want to kill Nazis? Do you want to kill a Nazi? And then even Steve's response with every other soldier was like, I want to kill a Nazi. Steve's was like, I want to stop the bully. And I'm like, dude, I love this guy. Like he he could have just said I could kill a Nazi and he would have been fine, but no, he didn't. He he's like I want to stop Nazi. I want to stop the bully. I love it. Anyways, what did you see? Yeah, a uh, couple things. Uh this kind of goes in line with what you say. My wife and I we have we've been watching these together, which has been really fun. And she literally the first time uh Chris Evans after he comes out of the tank and is bigger, she goes, "Oh, I didn't know they had hair highlights in the 1940s." <laughs> it's funny. so there that it was it made me laugh i actually had to pause the movie wasn't expecting it um there i i actually you talk about bullying there was an anti-bullying message in this which if you think back to when this movie came out like in the you know 2000s that was a big thing going on in the news and so they were even touching on a topic that was relevant of the day um the this his story as i was watching it my first thought was um Roger's story parallels that of King David. Um, I'm not going to okay. talk about it in great detail, but uh, my thought was we actually talked about, I think it was in Thor. There was the King David book that we found um, yeah. in there, which was an Easter egg. But I actually, cause you have this, this guy who's got a humble beginning. He's no one looks at him and thinks that he's the dude. Everyone kind of even looks at him and goes, is that the King? Is that, and in the same way, is this going to be the super soldier? And then at the end of the day, he's praised so much so that later on in the movies, they make a shrine to him, which isn't that what Israel did to David? Like right. post, like he was the he was the greatest king of all time. It's like what well, Captain America was the greatest Avenger of all time. It was, it's sure? like, I don't know. There yeah. was just some like interesting parallels there. And especially when you're thinking about what makes Captain America so different than, say, Iron yeah. Man is like his heart 
which David is was called a man after God's own heart. I don't know. There were so many parallels as I was kind of going That's through good. it. Um, that was fun. Uh, I, I will say this. It was like, um, we're not going to talk about it right now, but because it, it's a huge theme later on in Winter Soldier. But how far would you go for a friend? Yeah, man. Like yeah. that you you actually see um, I, the, the idea of Christian disobedience. Uh, brought up where the reason he's disobedient when he goes over and um, Carter says, Hey, your friend is behind enemy lines. And sure. he's been told he's not to go. He America in disobedience, Captain America in disobedience goes to save his friend. Um, and I actually think this is something we're not going to touch on it big. We, you know, we talk about Christian disobedience, which is a thing, but what I actually really liked that they portrayed that I think is correct is that Rogers was willing to accept the punishment when he came back. I think that is huge. You look at Daniel in the Old Testament when he disobeyed Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, or for you Veggie yeah. Hills fans out there, Radshak and Benny. Um, <laughs> when they disobeyed Nebuchadnezzar, they didn't flee. They didn't flee from the fire pit, right? Sure. They walked yeah. right in. So there's this idea of when Christian disobedience is appropriate sure. to be able to willing to accept the consequences. I think there's yeah. some really interesting things there. We're not going to dive into it. Um, and then this is just a Marvel take. Um, I think, and this may be a hot take. I think Carter and Rogers are the best couple in Marvel. Mic drop. Oh, I so, mean, it, I think it, it goes back to like, it's definitely the most wholesome for sure. Because it's like, um, you know, they have that cute, like I'm waiting for the right dance partner type of thing. And, and there was this cute, like jealous moment when, the the secretary lady like forced a kiss on on Steve and and um I mean it's it's definitely super sweet I I'm I'm thinking through all the other relationships in the MCU and um you know I'm thinking like uh some of those relationships they shouldn't be together like they're like toxic for each other they're uh I don't know I mean pot, like you've got like Pots and Iron Man you've got Star Lord yeah. and Gamora. Yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm like. Starlord and Gamora is like a little toxic. They like, they're like Eminem and Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think I, I, I mean, I think uh, MJ and and Peter Parker is super cute. But yeah. uh, but I, I, I think you're right though. I, I don't know. Let you guys, those who are listening, what's the best couple of the MCU? I, it could be uh, uh, these two. You know, Captain Carter and Captain America. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if what if it becomes reality, like we might be seeing in this, and Captain Carter and Captain America team up, I mean, I'm just saying that might be the yeah. most powerful. I don't know. There were lots of other little things that I thought were fun, um, but nothing that I thought was like crazy. Um, sure. But yeah, it was definitely, I think there were two main things we saw. Do you have anything else before we jump into those main topics? No, Tommy, tell us what is the main thing you saw that you want to highlight from this film? Yeah, so the main thing that I saw, um, there was a line. So let me kind of trace this for you. So you have General, who is played by Tommy Lee Jones, is has has really like held Captain America back. Like he's like, no, 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 you're only used for propaganda purposes. You are not a soldier. And so he's not, he doesn't allow him to go out. Well, Carter kind of secretly, well, not kind of, she full-fledged, allows, gives Captain America um basically information on where his best friend is being captured and captain america goes full bore to go save them you have the great fight scene the first time you actually see the red skull which is kind of an iconic moment um and 
that basically the Americans, the general and Captain Carter think that he's dead. In fact, they even say what KIA, they have the letter that they write, um, which I always thought, who did they write that letter to? But anyway, um, so they're writing the letter and there's a conversation between the general and Carter and the general looks at Carter and says, you messed up because you had a crush. And Carter responds and says, that's not it. I have faith. And dude, when that when she said that line, like I straight up, we're watching this on Disney Plus, shout out right there. Um, we just literally, I pressed pause because I was like, hang on a second. There's something there that we need to pause into because it begs the question, I think, what is faith? And let me just say this. Is she going after the shield of faith? Sorry, really bad dad joke right there. Nice, Captain America's nice. shield. I mean, you just got to let it fly. I don't know. Um, and actually the passage, so I, I, it made me ask the question then, what is faith? So if she's going to say, I have faith, and you actually in that moment, honestly, I was like, yeah, she does. Um, what does that mean? And it, my first thought, I, I went kind of did some research and thought too. And a lot of the people, when they point to faith, they point to Hebrews 11, um, Hebrews 11, 1. And it straight up says in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is, so it's giving the definition, the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So it's the assurance of things hoped for and of, of things not seen. Um, there's actually different translations for this. Uh, so another one, another translation actually says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we've seen. Or another one is saying it is, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you can see there's two words there that they're trying to translate that different translates do differently. And whenever you do like from a Greek translation to English, you're going to have some conversation on what does that word actually say? And so there's there these two things. Um, the first one says, I really think something is true, but I'm not really sure. Maybe you'd heard the term like blind faith, right? Like I blind faith. I think it's true, but I don't really know, but I'm going to have quote unquote faith. Whereas another one of the translations will say, um, faith is an experience that you have that puts you in the reality of what you hope for. So let me say that again. Um, faith is an experience that you have that puts you in touch in the reality of what you hope for. So you have almost these two different ways that these that it's been translated as faith. And uh, they seem to have different meanings. One is blind faith and one is based almost on reason. Um, and I would actually, I actually think that the faith based on reason is a more biblical idea. And actually Hebrews 11 would say that's true. And I would actually argue this is what Captain Carter has. She doesn't have blind faith, blind optimism. She actually has faith based on reason that she plays out. Um, so what is this nuanced meaning of faith where it's it's an experience that you have that puts you in touch with the reality of you hope for? I'd say this. Um, faith is not a mental state we muster up and just hope we are right. It's kind of like the, I just need more faith. Almost like you're constipated. Like, you know, um, that you sometimes when I've conversed with people as a pastor, it's like, I just need to have more faith. I need to have more faith. And I, I think it's not just a mental state. Um, it's not just a mental activity. It starts there. But it's an experience you have because of the choices you are making. And when you live that out and act in faith, you get a taste of the substance and reality of the thing you're hoping for. Um, listen, um, it just snowed here. We're in Milwaukee. Uh, we got dropped with four, two, four, 27 inches of snow. I don't know at this point. It's just snow. Um, and so, I mean, you're from Florida. So I can only imagine what goes through your head when you see snow on the ground. Every snow feels like way too much snow. To me, <laughs> this is way too much. It's ridiculous. 
So, so here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give an example. I have faith that when the snow drops and I'm dealing in that reality, that the green is going to come again. It's not going to be white all the time. Right. Um, when you think winter, when you, when you realize that winter is not eternal and your skin isn't going to crust over with ice, like you hit that first, it's post snow. We live in the Midwest. That first post snow when it's like 62 degrees or like 57, um, what happens? You see guys show up in short sleeves and shirt and, and shorts, right? It's not the full-on summer of 70 degrees. And so what are they doing? In faith, they know winter is ending. In faith, they're actually living out in the way they dress um, based on their fact that and what's going to happen. This isn't a blind faith. Um, the faith, it actually has good reason behind it. A year ago, the spring and the flowers came. Warmth will come. So when you wear shorts, what are you doing? You're beginning to feel the reality of sunny and 70 is coming. It's a taste of the reality yet to come. And I think faith is both thinking in response to a good reason that something is changing and the world is going to be different than it is right now. And then it's living in that reality. So when you live in faith, it puts you in the reality of what you hope for. And so faith begins with reason. It doesn't just say, I'm just going to have faith. Um, And actually, let me just say this. That's biblical. Um, it actually what, um, work out your faith with fear and trembling. Like there's an, this idea of faith is based upon, um, reason. Look at Hebrews 11, 11. And so this is later on. So right after we get this, what faith is in Hebrews 11, 11, it says by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered, considered, or another translation actually says reasoned him faithful who had promised. So what is it she's saying? She sat here and based on reason, Sarah was saying, I've seen God be faithful in the past. He says it's going to happen. And um, let's be fair. Sarah's first response was laughter. Mm -hmm. But then later on in life, after she conceived, imagine what would happen later on in life when God said, hey, this is where we're going to go. You think Sarah had a little bit more faith and did something about it? Mm. It's like, so she, because of her past and what she had experienced, she worked out in faith the reason and then did something about it. Um, and we see this, this the same true for other people. There's several others ones in here. In verse 19, God talks about Abraham, that he considered or reasoned with God, um, that he would raise his son from the dead. Like there's, You see this idea of it starts with reason. It's not a blind faith. That's not the faith we have in Jesus. Um, biblical faith is saying, I believe that God is trustworthy. I mean, that's what it is, that he's trustworthy. And actually... Um, if we should do the mental math, um, because of God's faithfulness to us, we should trust him moving forward. Um, one of the reasons we actually look at scripture and it's such a big thing to us is because we can look at it and go, okay, I didn't experience all the things that they experienced in scripture, but I have the testimony of the saints who are with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I am putting faith. My reason is literally saying your experiences that you had I think are worthy enough to trust who Jesus is. That, that's part of what faith is. And I think that's what it means to work out our faith with fear and trembling based on experiences. And um, one of the things people ask me, so I moved to Wisconsin just a couple months ago and I used to be a worship pastor and now I'm a campus pastor. So it's a different kind of ministry. And they ask me, what is something that I've learned or I'm growing? And I actually got this conversation with a friend just recently. And I actually told him that my faith has grown. And the reason it's grown is because I'm spending more time hearing people's stories of how God's working in their life, and I'm watching God work, and it's leading me to have more trust in who he is. 
when I hear the stories and the experiences of those around me, dude, it makes me go in the future going, okay, God, I trust you. Um, we actually see it in scripture. We see this in our churches, all these different testimonies and stories. Um, my faith is strengthened because I work it out with fear and trembling because God has been faithful. I have faith that winter is not eternal, <laughs> but rather it melts away. Or another way to say it, sin will go away someday. It will go away because Jesus is faithful. I don't just sit there and say, well, I have blind faith. Um, no, that's stupid. <laughs> I actually have faith based on who Jesus is and his character and what he's done in those things. My belief and trust in who God is, it leads me then to action. Um, so this is where I think Carter is actually beautiful. When she when she says, I'd not, I don't have a crush, which let's be real, she did. Um, but it's not based on her crush that she did something. It's on her faith in who Captain America is. And then it led her to do something about it. And I think as actually, like, if I want to talk about how movies influence us, that moment is actually, I would argue, a form of biblical faith. Um, pastors, if you're looking for an example on faith, here you go. Here's a sermon illustration for you. And I would add one thing to this. I believe faith and obedience are not different. They're actually two sides to the same coin. Mm. See, Carter could have faith in America, but say, nah, we're just going to leave him at propaganda. We're not going to let him be the super soldier he is. But mm. rather, she did something about it on that faith. And I think that's the same true with with Christ. Um, we 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 don't just have faith. We if we believe that He is who He says, we obey. I mean, the Great Commission says that. Um, teaching, um, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Um, there's an old analogy about the chair. Have you guys, you guys, maybe you've heard this or not? Um, I can look at a chair and believe it is what it says it is. That it's going to hold me. Um, I'm actually sitting in a chair right now. But imagine for a second that I'm looking out at a crowd of people and they have all experienced a chair. In fact, they're all sitting down and they're looking at me and I know there's a chair behind me, but I can't see it. What am I going to do? I'm going to trust them to lead me to that chair, right? And I'm going to look and then based on their experience that they've had, I'm going to sit in that chair and trust it. I'm going to have faith that they were right and in obedience, I'm going to sit in it. Guess what? That's the Bible. The testimonies of those who saw Jesus, the chair talking about him, experiencing him, all those things. And then when they tell us this is what life looks like, we then get to sit in or exercise our faith by sitting in the chair, even though I may never have looked at that chair directly. Mm. I don't know. I just think, I think that's what faith in Jesus looks like. It's trusting the testimonies of scripture about Jesus and then putting trust into the kingdom that he wants that is yet to come. The winter's going to end. I think that uh, I liked how you mentioned how... Um, Carter, when when she had faith in Steve, and that led her to do a specific action, that led her to do something, and that's like, I think sometimes we think faith is such an ethereal thing. That's like it's like this mystical or like, you know, it's in your mind, it's in your heart, it's not something that's tangible. But faith is always demonstrated by your actions, and I, I you know, you you didn't mention this. I think another example of this is Doctor Erskine. His faith was that we needed someone who was weak in order to give him the serum or whatever, because obviously he knew from evidence with uh, red skull that like the serum can do incalculable damage when a person's not a good person. Um, and no one believed him and no one saw him. Anyways, I feel like this actually ties to what I'm about to share. Um, but like, I liked, I liked your, your illustration connecting it to faith. Uh, yeah, what actually, I saw, 
Go ahead. Say, his, the, the doctor's comment, he says, a strong man who knows power his entire life will lose respect for that power. A weak man knows the value of that strength and knows compassion. So, well, I mean, he, you just, you just if I intro. stole your thunder, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I stole your thunder. I'm sorry. No, it was such okay. a good line. It was it such a, a good line. It is a good line. It's like well, it's one of like the pinnacle moments of this movie. And it's also repeated somewhat in Falcon and Winter Soldier when it talks about um, what would happen if Falcon took the serum or what would happen when the other dude took the serum. So anyways, what I want to talk about is there's two ways you can talk, look at this. Either the upside down kingdom or like the unexpected nature of Jesus. And so I want to I want to quote the full quote from Dr. Erkshine. He talks about he, he's sitting there. He 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 has a bottle of um I think it was schnapps that he, he wanted to to drink with um with uh with Steve and he's he was talking about the serum because it was the night before and he says the serum amplifies everything that is inside. So good become great and bad becomes worth worse. This is why you were chosen. This is him talking to Steve. Because a strong man who has known power all his life may lose respect for that power, but a weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. I re-listened to that quote like three times and put closed caption on my TV because I really wanted to, to think deeply about that quote. And so what Dr. Erkshine was looking for was a man that no one else was looking for. Everyone wanted the strong man because they needed a strong man to fight the strong man in Germany, to fight Hitler and to fight those soldiers, right? But Dr. Erkshine was looking specifically for what we would classify as a weak man. And he understood that because he wanted that because a weak person would understand what strength would mean. In fact, to quote Uncle Ben or Aunt May, depending on what movie you're watching, he knew with great power came great responsibility, right? And so I, I think Dr. Erkshine, when he – he it's funny because like the movie kept setting up over and over again from him getting rejected every time he wanted to become a soldier to the juxtapositions of all the people, how, how the soldiers were bigger than him, how the girls were rejecting him. How like he had like – even when he got selected for the program, he couldn't climb anything. He couldn't do anything. But – he was he was a man of like integrity and he had heart. He jumped on the grenade when everyone else, even the man that everyone was wanting to be chosen, he ran away. Steve jumped on the grenade. And then mm-hmm. uh Tommy Lee Jones character said, Well, he's still skinny. <laughs> like, like he was still trying to find a reason to reject him, right? Again, the world they wanted someone different. In the Bible, Jesus was the opposite of what the people wanted, right? Israel wanted a Messiah to be a strong military figure that would overthrow the government. And as you look, I I mean, at at our church, we're going to the Gospel of John. We see it over and over again. Jesus is subverting people's expectations and, and what they want, they're getting kind of the opposite, but for a better reason. Jesus didn't come in his first coming to overthrow any government. He came to overthrow the sin in their hearts. And so Jesus didn't come as the strong man that the, um, that the world wanted. He describes himself in Matthew 11 as gentle and lowly. It's it's the opposite of what a strong, quote-unquote, strong man is. He came as a, a gentle and lowly figure, which I want to I pause for a second because I, I read the book. If you have a chance to read Gentle and Lowly, please read that book. It, it, will, it will enrich your soul and it will bring so much joy and comfort to you. And it will challenge kind of the 
American evangelical perspective of a super buff, you know, manly, manly Jesus that he has to be like John Wayne when actually Jesus describes himself perfectly and exactly how we needed him to be as gentle and lowly. So Steve Rogers, and I know this is like a, I'm not like, show me grace here. Like this might be a stretch and I don't want it to be blasphemous, but Steve Rogers is like Christ in the sense that he was rejected cast aside and overlooked. When people looked at Steve, they rolled their eyes at him. In the same way how when the people saw Jesus, they rolled their eyes at Jesus. But it was this humble servant attitude that Steve Rogers had that was exactly what the government needed. It it is the gentle and lowly Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve and lay his down life for us. That is what we needed to be saved. Now, I don't want to just like talk about just like Jesus being the point of this and how Steve Rogers is, is like Jesus. Um, I, I think I don't want to just talk about the character of Jesus. I want to also talk about how there's expectations on us in this upside down, unexpected world that Jesus is showing us in the gospels. So if you read, we talked about this, I think we talked about this in Thor, but we talked about the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Mount is, is Matthew five through seven, those three chapters. Jesus, it's like the longest prolonged sermon message that Jesus gives in the Gospels. And in chapter five, it begins what we call the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is, it comes from a Latin word, which means blessed or happy. It's the Beatitudes in chapter five, talk about all the people who are going to be blessed or happy in the kingdom. And I want to read it for you because I think, I want to read to you, I want you to think to yourself, does this describe our current culture or society, right? Matthew 5, 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who, uh, blessed are those when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And rejoice and be glad, for your kingdom is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus goes on and says other kinds of stuff like, like to to love your enemies and to be humble and not prideful stuff that doesn't make sense in this world. Like none of that makes sense. Like we often want to hide our mourning. We, we don't want to be meek. We don't thirst for righteousness. We don't want to be merciful. We don't want to be peacemakers. Right. But Jesus is saying that those who are going to be blessed in his kingdom are those who the world least suspects. And so when you live in this kingdom mentality, the way Christ has called us, the world won't get it. I love in the movie, like Steve has already gotten the uh, the super serum. He's jacked. He's been proven that he's super fast. All this kind of stuff. And he tells Colonel Phillips he wants to fight. And Colonel Phillips still looks at him and says, you are not good enough. I mean, Captain America is in front of him. And he's still saying, you're not good enough. That's the definition of being blinded by the world. We, we get so caught up with how the world defines our reality that we missed the fact that like God himself, I mean, they did this to Jesus. 
Jesus was literally in front of the people and they rejected him. Uh, It's not the strong who can impose their will who will be great, but it's the weakest who will be great. It's not the, those seeking revenge and fighting back, but it's about those who are loving their enemies and seeking peace. There's a, um, there's a quote by John MacArthur that it, it takes on the Beatitudes and juxtaposes between the damned, those who um, are going to spend eternity away from God, and those who are saved, those who are going to be with God for eternity and be, who are going to be blessed. And he has this quote I thought was pretty good. He says, the damned think they are good. The saved know they are wicked. The damned believe in the, that the kingdom of God is for those who are worthy of it. The saved knows the kingdom of God is for those who realize how unworthy they are. The damned believed eternal life is earned. The saved know it's a gift. The damned seek God's commendation while the saved seek his forgiveness. It's an upside down kingdom. It's an upside down savior. And I think Captain America really exemplifies this like unexpected nature of who Jesus is and what is expected. And I think ultimately that goes back to what I said earlier. I think this is why we like this movie because it's, it's not what we expect. It's not, it subverts our expectations in terms of Captain America has every right to be the most arrogant person in the room. He's literally stronger, faster, most equipped than everyone. But what does he always do? He 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 allows others to lead. He allows others to, to he serves others. He thinks of himself less than he thinks of others. I mean, we haven't talked about this, but um, Tony he's, he's literally the polar opposite of Tony Stark in many ways. And one thing we kept criticizing Iron Man one and two about is his treatment of women. But like, how refreshing it was to watch Captain America, and it's like the nicest guy ever to women to the point where like. I love that scene where he's in the back seat with Captain with Miss Carter and and he's like, "What's a dame like you not with a boyfriend?" I mean, beautiful. I mean, uh, uh, like he's stuttering, like <laughs> like he he's so respectful and kind and sweet and nice to everybody. Um, the only person he was mean to was the villain of the movie <laughs> was was Red Skull, and he and even then, like he just wanted to defeat evil. But Red Skull is kind of like the old school Marvel of like. What's the personification of evil? There's no like, there's no complexity to do Red Skull. There's no like, it's not like, um, it's not like Killmonger where it's like, okay, I understand why he's angry. Like he is just power hungry. And he even says like, like I want to rule the entire world. Like this is, but anyways, we're going to attention here. Steve Rogers and Captain America exemplifies his upside down kingdom and the uh, unexpected savior. Dude, I think he did, and I I think he did it. You, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Steve Rogers is is I have two daughters. Is the guy that I would want to date my daughters, right? Like yeah. treats women nicely, all those types of things. And I, I thought like, yeah, he, you got it right. Especially there's there were several times in this movie where the Beatitudes came to mind. So even yeah. just bringing those up was such a good way. Um, we've done a lot talking about what are the good things that I think Marvel has done. There was one thing in this though that I think Steve Rogers didn't do well. All of us expect, like, I think there's this unwritten thing that we think of, like, I became a Christian. Life is easier. Why am I not a super soldier now? Sure, it's like, sure. like we, we got into, we get into the tank and shouldn't we come out on the other side and the upside down kingdom. I think this is one difference about Rogers. You, you become a super soldier. It's just not in the way you expect. Sure, and so I think sure. it's, it's a difference way there. Um, 
Yeah, I think I do. That- I, do I do think though. I, I I'm excited to talk about this when we get to Civil War, because I well the the with, with Captain America's character, he is in such a complicated situation where like he wants to do what is right, and but at the same time, like this goes back to like the um the godly disobedience, like. Sometimes as a Christian, doing what's right is the most difficult and uncomfortable decision you're going to have to make. And I think that character development that you just talked about, like, that's the moment when Captain America has to deal with that. And he's going to deal with those consequences all the way to Infinity War. Um, I think I think that's 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 an interesting point where it's like, yeah, I we we expect, hey, I'm saved. Why isn't why isn't things better? Where like why am I still broke? Why am I still dealing with this illness? Why am I still single? Why am I why am I suffering? Like it just because you're saved doesn't mean life is gonna get better. But if you follow kingdom principles, like if you if you are living in the kingdom, you're still blessed. You, you can still have this joy that doesn't make sense in this world. But it doesn't mean life is gonna be easier. It means that God is gonna be with you in this uneasy life. And I think that's the point of why. You want to talk about another Christ figure. It's why those other guys wanted to follow Rogers into battle. They were like, this dude is literally doing the right thing. And they're willing to follow him no matter the cost. And what's the thing that breaks him? And actually, this is the difference from Jesus. Jesus actually, we just studied this in John recently. Like one of the things Jesus said, I didn't lose any of them. (laughs) I didn't lose any of them. Like I know like Judas goes off and he has this, but he makes a comment. He goes, "I, I, I did. I did what you asked me to do. I made disciples, right? And it's the thing that breaks Rogers is losing Bucky. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. But it's it it is a little bit like that was part of what broke him, and actually what caused him to go into full war was to go after the lost. You want to talk about leaves the ninety nine? I mean, that was Cap- Captain Rogers to a T. So like, I think there was a lot of Messiah pieces here for sure. Um, but I also want to be careful. Captain America is not the Messiah. Yeah. Like, I actually think we could probably make the argument too. Israel would have hoped that the Messiah looked more like Captain America oh, and less like Jesus. A hundred percent. I mean, I do think, you know, we talked about this earlier. <laughs> I do think when you said, should should we dare talk about Christian nationalism? There is a sense that like Captain America embodies this idea of like Christian perfection. And, and I do think that like, even I, I, again, I'm not taking anything away that I said, but like Jesus looks nothing like Captain America in the sense that, as much as people overlook Steve Rogers, everyone wants Captain America. <laughs> like everyone wants. I mean, Chris Evans is insanely attractive. He is strong and buff, and like he's like the personification of like a good leader or whatever. And like Jesus is a good leader. Like Jesus is the best leader, but he's not what the world wanted. Like he was rejected over and over again. And I think that like oftentimes we want a Captain America, Jesus, not a Jesus, Jesus. And I think that's, that's the problem. But at the same time, Captain America was a great movie. It was, all, it was a great it was movie. All, it was a good movie. Um, hey, movie. so this was fun. Um, two handholds uh, to, to think about faith, read Hebrews when it talks about, uh, especially Hebrews 11. I mean, all of Hebrews is about faith, but like, uh, there's this really beautiful picture of like uh, in Hebrews 11 with the, the 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 saints that came before us, surrounding, looking down on us, and and that and like we have a found a historic faith filled. We have a historic faith filled history of people 
who by faith did amazing things. And so we can still walk by faith and, and read the Beatitudes, read through Matthew five. I would say read through Matthew five through Matthew seven and read about this upside down kingdom that doesn't make sense in this world. Um, Hey, uh, you know what movie we got next, Tommy? We've, we've, we've hit a big one. We've hit a milestone. Yeah. I think this is, uh, we're going to finish phase one in the next movie. We're going to watch the Avengers, man. It's it's uh, big. I and like I don't know. I'm not making any promises. If if it's a two parter episode, if it's a two hour episode, I don't know. We don't know yet. Like like no. I'm gonna rewatch it. I'm gonna have my notes set open and I'm gonna <laughs> write down everything I can. Yeah. And and we'll see what's worthy for the pod. But like it's a good movie. I already know it's a good movie. It's a yeah. great movie. And so I'm Well, and what on. made this movie this is what put MCU on the map. I mean, Captain yeah. America started to, but then when event and did you catch uh the the end scene for this one yeah it was it was the trailer which so it's like it was the trailer and i'm like it was actually funny because it said may 2012 and i I literally like laughed in the middle of it i was like wow that was 10 years ago yeah like that was on nearly 10 years ago it's like holy cow that does not it doesn't feel that long and it does all at the same time i know and i'm so glad i mean even though uh i mean i don't want to spoil uh no way home but like i'm like they don't usually do trailers as the end credit scene they do something that sets up the next movie but this was straight yeah. up like <laughs> in a world and then <laughs> it's like oh that's not right uh, oh man i can't wait for avengers hey if you enjoyed this show please share it with someone uh tell uh, a, a marvel fan that you know there's a captain america fan that you know share this episode with them uh it would be uh, a huge uh uh, something we'd really appreciate if you could rate and review this on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening there, um, subscribe if you haven't done so. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and yeah, tell your friends. And we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. You can go into the show notes and find those links there. Also, our personal socials are in there if you want to connect with us. Hey, this is so much fun. Tommy, it was good chatting with you. Um, yeah, I could I could literally do this all day. Can you, can you give me that line again? Hit those notes. I could do this all day. All right, little show, show choir kid. All right. Hey, we'll see you next <laughs> week. Bye. Bye.